Hey, this is Annalie Maley and this is Under the Surface. I would like to have the conversations about like performance, managing stress, anxiety, self-doubt, the whole bubble of identity and like who we are. It's Annalie Maley's Under the Surface. Welcome to Under the Surface. Um, today, I don't have a guest, I have a co-host. So today with me, Annalie Maley, we have Marina Whittle. Hi, welcome to my show, Under the Surface. <laughs> today we have Annalie Maley on. <laughs> we are going to be asking Marina a couple of questions, but then she's also going to take a moment and ask me some questions. Uh, this is our, my first co-host episode. We will, you know, flow with some questions that you guys sent in um but i'm really excited we have a lot of things to cover and so marina mm. people that don't know you give me a blurb uh who is marina whittle who am i <laughs> <laughs> no uh yeah general good vibes i think quite funny obviously i'm a basketball player i've played basketball since i was very young so i'm very athletic freak <laughs> um no nah, good times really classic hits enjoy people, play basketball for a living, but I'm studying on the side, like to work, like to be around people. What are you studying? I feel like that's like a general, like how do you explain that? that's a good blur. I think I'm a pretty cool person. Yeah. Um, What am I studying? I'm studying law at the moment, so second year of law school. That's exciting. Yeah. So what about your basketball blurb? So for people that don't know you as an athlete, give that to us. That was a hot – I feel like that was a really bad intro to who I am. So um, born and raised Melbourneite, played at Underwood Inspector since I was about like eight years old. It was so fun. Loved it. Melbourneite. Melbourneite. Are we trademarking that term? Has <laughs> anyone else to. heard anyone say that before? <laughs> She's a Melbourneite. Is it because I've just been in Adelaide for the last three years um, and we only just finished our season recently with Adelaide Lightning uh, with Nat Hurst as her first year as a head coach. And I think maybe being over in Adelaide, there's like this little tension throughout all of the major cities. <laughs> you would understand being in Bendigo. Yeah. The and Bendigogans. Bendigoers. Bendigogans. Bendigogans. Homes. <laughs> Bendigo, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so if Melbourne's and Melbourneite, what yeah. are Adelaide? Adelaideans? Is that a thing? The Radelades. 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 Yeah. I like it. Um, so you're also a very established 3x3 player. You went to the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham this last year. Mm-hmm. Give us your 3x3 blurb. Talk to me about that. Um, well, been on the Australian squad for about four years. I went to the World Cup qualifiers in Puerto Rico in 2019. Then COVID hit, unfortunately. Missed out on the Olympic team, Olympic qualifying team. I was on the squad, as were you. Yes. Um, and then last year, got the call up, joined the Asia Cup team. We went, we went and won silver. Went and went. Went and, and won. won silver. Went and won silver. We lost to China. That was a really tough game for us. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I can't wait for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, Marina and I were both on that team together, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a good one. Uh, and then, yeah, Commonwealth Games last year, which was the peak, the biggest highlight of my entire career. It was amazing, so much fun. Um, at, every time I'm at the foul line on, in the 5-5 five and five world, I just always relive that moment of um, being in front of, like, the crowd going against England and then going against New Zealand. So short version. Love 3x3, been playing it for four years, represented Australia on the international stages last year and I really enjoyed it. What would you say the main difference between 3x3 and 5x5 five five is? I know this is not a question I have written mm. down, but I'd actually like to know what you mm. feel about that. I think it's physicality. Yeah. Like it's pure, like 
it's like wrestling, yeah, <laughs> basketball style, uh, physicality, and then just like intensity. I think that like you're only on the court for ten minutes, and there's subs, so you're really only playing like eight minutes, nine minutes as a player, and that entire time you don't really get to stop, and it's just mm. like how hard can you hit, how hard can you be hit, how quickly can you adapt, how fast can you run defensively, how much can you stop? Like it's just it's just full on and yeah. I love it. I love it so much. So just taking everything that Marina just said, guys, um, Marina and I play against each other in three on three. <laughs> 3x3, sorry. 3x3. 3x3. COVID. Um, and so how physical that is. <laughs> We've been together for five years now, a bit longer. Yeah, we don't actually know when we started we don't know dating, the start date. but we're pretty sure we're coming up to five years. Coming up to f- five? In March? Yeah, something May. like that. I don't know. We make up a I new date every year. It's like the 18th. Point, point being that um, it it is super fun getting to play against each other, especially mm. in the 3x3 space because it's like literally in our training camps, like you know what the 3x3 courts are like. It's like a grading board. Like it's it's it hurts when you fall over. We're hitting the crap out of each other. Have you had a grading cheese? (laughs) Imagine falling on that. The body's hitting the floor. (laughs) At least Marina wears knee pads. My poor little bony knees just get cut up. And Annalie, if you've ever seen Annalie play as well, she fully commits herself, body (laughs) and mind. And so at the end of training, uh, we've all got like some bumps and bruises. Annalie's missing skin on her thighs (laughs) carbs it's full on (laughs) yeah yeah anyway blood everywhere it's great it's good fun it's it's fun um but and then on that actually so we played in singapore together in Mm. the um asia cup this last year and marina and i were the first ever um openly queer couple to ever play for Australia together on the same team. on the same team I would just I would just leave it at, at the only couple to play together representing Australia yeah but also the crazy part is in Singapore it's illegal <laughs> so <laughs> so we would actually this is a little fun like side story time yeah we um obviously we stayed in the same room but every morning we had to move our beds apart <laughs> <laughs> when the cleaners came in because we were like, this is illegal. Or, or we would come back and they'd beaten us to it and the beds had been like moved. Because they're like, what is this? <laughs> and then their beds have been moved. What do you mean? What are we looking at right now? Yeah, yeah. People's minds were exploding. And yeah. like, on the whole flight over as well, Annalie looked up like the rules in Singapore and like how we're allowed to act and PDA and all that stuff. Do not hold hands. No no refer to each other <laughs> as friends. <laughs> Only friends. Yeah. Buds. Buddy boys, no just guys, just no. two guys playing sports. Um, <laughs> just the gals, the gals playing yeah. sports together. It also helps that the three x three culture that we built last year was just like just super. I don't want to say intimate with each other, but we were just so everybody close, loved each other, like, yeah. so united. Yeah, you know, semi pro, it's like ELE. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think of the guys. That's honestly what we were. That's why every photo that you see of us playing three x three, we're all surrounding each other. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, you have we're just to. super intimate. You have to because you can't hide in that sport. We're going mm. on a tangent into three x three. But anyway, you can't hide in that sport because you are so exposed in everything that you do, right? Mm. You'd be exposed uh, if you are bad at dribbling, if you're not great on defense, if you're not great shooter. You're exposed. It's the same if you're not a great teammate. You're mm. exposed. Like Absolutely. you have to, you have to like better every single part of yourself to be able to play that style of game. And I think that it helps you. Um, in the long run with your five-on-five five five career as well. Um, moving into 
um, WNBL and stuff. Obviously, we play against each other in WNBL as yeah. well. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to eventually get on a team where we play together. Um, Has anyone heard that? Yeah. Um, putting it out to the league. Out to the universe. <laughs> It would be fun. Um, and one of the questions that we have had is what is it like playing against each other in mm. WNBL? Mm. I'm going to put that out to you, Marina. What, are you, what is that like for you? Well, we didn't really meet playing basketball against each other. No. So for me, playing against you, it's just a job. Like, yeah. I think we're both super competitive. We have a lot of respect for each other on the basketball court. So playing against you is frustrating because all you need to do is try and box her out or try and stop her from scoring it's impossible also marina talks shit when she plays <laughs> no Annalie actually loves to talk smack i am a and smack she hates talker. it because i make all the jokes like yeah, i'm such a smooth criminal out there yeah. and it just gets a smooth criminal <laughs> so smooth i'll never forget anyway um so many stories but no playing against you is tough because I respect you and I just want to compete and like it's all about winning but also it's not like I'm out there to hurt you or I'm out there to like be malicious or anything like it's purely just our jobs and then once the game is over or even like if I've pushed you this last season there's a photo of me helping her up because I flipped her over my shoulder by accident (laughs) (laughs) John Cena'd me for any WWE fans out there there. watch out watch out watch out RKO like, out of just, nowhere because you just stick onto the basketball. It's like get the and then <laughs> I didn't have the ball. Annalise on the ground. I was like, ah, oh, all right, come on, get up. Do <laughs> um, you find it hard? Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't think so. Mm. I think it's fun um, getting to play against you because also like in COVID during that break we played one on one against each other like every day for hours. Mm. So I'd like to think that I know what you're gonna do. But I always forget and mm. I, know, I never get it right. But mm. it's it's fun for me because, like, we spent so long pushing each other to get better as basketball players mm. and spent so much time, like, I don't know, p- putting into that part of ourselves. Uh, getting to be on the court at the same time as you is, like, super exciting. And it also does a lot for visibility, right? Like yeah. being able to bring that to people's attention that, like, it's totally possible mm. to you can play on the same court as your partner, you can play in the same team as your partner. Like, those are, that's one of them taboo things, right, that people don't, they don't, they just don't usually accept. They're like, oh, but how does that work? Well, because they struggle with it, right? Like, everyone thinks, like, you think that because we're athletes and we're competitive, like, we're just, we're just incapable of, like, relax. I guess playing normally yeah. with each other. You know, one and of the like striving for the same goal. Yeah, I don't know. One of the um, most common questions people ask me when they ask about playing against Marina is, "Oh, so if you win, who walks home?" It's such right? a common question. Everyone's I'm like, like bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. If you Ooh. win, who's buying dinner? Who's, who's buying dinner? That's not first of all, guys. That's not a real concept. That's not how it works. You don't like. It's not like <laughs> I win a game and I'm like, Marina, you're walking home. You suck, babe. <laughs> that's not how it works. It's like if whoever wins or whoever loses, it doesn't affect our life. No, like that's not. It's not that serious. No, and it's so hard to take people who quite like ask that question seriously because it's like, huh? Like, sorry, do, do you work with your partner in your marketing job? If she yeah. loses a sale, who's walking home? Like, what? I just think of, like, walking the dog or just something simple. Like, yeah. if you don't do it or you suck at it, it's, like, bragging rights automatically. Or like, you lose respect. Yeah. And I think it's happened more so this last year. Yeah, maybe. I would say, yeah. Like, even, like, in the NBL one, 
like you could remember because you went to the W, but um, like NBL one especially, and this last WNBL season, people will be like, oh, so what happens now? Because Anneli beat me three times in a row. Uh, <laughs> oh, we don't need to talk oh, about it. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> she walked home after. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> uh, no, Anneli walked home because we were in Adelaide, and I was yeah, like, how yeah. dare you? Yeah, don't get on the team yeah, bus. It's just so frustrating. I was like, it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> like, how, how are you? Are you okay, stranger? Yeah, I've yeah. got questions for you. Yeah. Okay. Challenge. Can I, can I also ask you? Oh, ask me a question. Go right now. Yeah, go shoot. How did back to three X three real quickly? How did you find? Because I feel like I've been in the three X three world for a little bit. You longer. have longer than me. Not yeah. a crazy amount though. But how did you find playing with me in the international space and on the same team? Well, I initially got into three X three because of Marina. So I wasn't playing. Subtle brag. Yeah, subtle brag for that, you know, you mm. can claim that. Um, so I initially got into the sport because of Marina. We, I um, had just gotten back from college and I had gone to watch her play. Um, again. No, no, this is this is before we were dating. I went and watched oh her play at the Docklands yep. um, and – I I tried. I was, at this point, I was just trying to slide into her DMs. Honestly, yeah. um, she was unaware that I was also trying to slide. So yeah, like, so we were both just really awkward. Anyway, and I was like, oh, I just want to go watch this basketball thing. Like my mm. friends were like, oh, who do you want to go watch? I was like, oh, everybody. Marina Whittle. Um, and so I had gone to watch her play at the Docklands and. Um, while I was watching mainly just Marina, but everyone else, I was like, God, this looks fun. Mm. Like it was such a fast paced game. It was super hardcore. Like mm. it was, it was just really cool. And that was my introduction to the space. And then obviously getting to know you and like knowing what it had done for your game and watching that style of play. At that point in my career, I was only a defender and a rebounder. I hadn't really opened the toolbox mm. of what offense was yet. And I also it, didn't super know that Anneli was a basketball player at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll probably we'll, get into we'll, it later. We'll circle back. We'll know. circle back. But, yeah, so I um, getting into it was more of a like I, this looks fun and I, it looks mm. – for, and for now actually still to this day I want to go do 3x3 things because it kind of plays into my why. Mm. Like it is what makes basketball fun for me. Mm. And getting to do that with you was just like such an achievement because it's something that we've kind of done together. Mm. And I just think that the my why for playing basketball is exemplified in the 3x3 space because mm. it's not, you know, I'm not just playing with my partner. I'm also playing with some of my best friends, you know, mm. and it's such a family there. And, I yeah, it's part of my why. Yeah. And I think – you know, I look at my next month and I've got 3x3 stuff, I've got Opal stuff, and then I go over to the WNBA. I couldn't think of a setup where I'm not doing the 3x3 stuff yeah. because I feel like that brings me back to my core of why I play basketball, right? It brings mm -hmm. me back to my core of like why you enjoy the game so much and it brings me back to like playing hoops with my brothers in the backyard. It's just you know? playing basketball. It's right? just playing basketball yeah. and it's just hooping. Yeah. yeah like it's it like is. less space on the court. Uh, there's more space in the court because less people. So yeah. it's just like if you have the ball in your hand, it's yeah. like you feel so free. It really is. It, it It's quite amazing. But um, I digress. I would like to ask you, Marina. Yep. How did you get <clears throat> into basketball in the first place? Like what was that? Yeah. Uh, well, my dad coached. Yeah, at like at Nunawading and he also coached at a domestic team and mum was a netball coach and 
I played domestic since I even went to like the mosquito fleets and I vividly Mosquito remember. fleets? What is that? Yeah, none of what might remember, but it's like the little ultra babies trying to run up and down the court. Yeah. And we were doing it out about oh, we we're doing that like um lane passing drill where like pass to the middle and you have to run around the outside and there's a bar, uh, there's a rubbish bin in the way. Yeah. And I was so small that I actually ran into it. And <laughs> like uncoordinated, and I just like you ran, ran into in. the bin. I ran into on top of inside the bin. It was problematic. <laughs> I've heard this story before. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Here I am. Um, no, so I played locally for uh, Vermont Vultures or Vermont Eagles, and I actually played mixed basketball until I was under 14s, and until the boys and girls had to separate because of basketball size. And I loved it. I was only I was one of like three girls that was playing in the entire league against the boys, and. Enjoyed it, dominated it, and I was getting asked a lot to go play Nunawading. And I remember finding out that training started on a Sunday at like <laughs> 7.30. And I just, oh, it took me so long to come around to it. But, yeah, it was just playing in a local ta- uh, playing in a local stadium and getting asked to come try out, and then I did, and the rest was history. I fell in love with it once I started playing rep and once I got over the whole waking up early on a Sunday morning. <laughs> it was insane to me at eight years old, but... um. Yeah, my family didn't play a crazy amount of basketball. My older sister played um, the Nana Wadding. She played under Tony Carl and Jason Harvey, amazing coaches. And so I had an idea, but no, it, it's not like we're a basketball family and just I happened to fall in love with her. Mm. You know, I just got asked one day. That's fun. Yeah, I like that. It's so boring. Hey, <laughs> it's like yeah, I like. I think families. you could have just started with like. So this one time, I fell into a bin, and the rest is history. I like bins. I okay? fell into the trash. <laughs> I happened to be at a basketball stadium, and then they said, "Hey, do you want to play?" I started from the bottom, literally in a trash can inside the bottom. I started inside and the bottom, reached in, and, and said, now we're here. Do you want to play basketball? There's this really great song. Get um, shout out, Jake. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> started from the bottom, mm. the trash. Scan now we're here. Um, yeah. I digress. I yeah. digress. Um, and then when we talk about your career or yeah. what would be maybe one of your biggest challenges that you have faced? Whoa. Um, I would say so I didn't go to the Institute of Sport. So yeah. I was super unaware of the pathways that were potentially laid out before me when I was a junior. And I think since joining the professional since playing WNBL, the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is the concept that like the development that goes into players from a yeah. young age and trying to fight that stereotype and coming in almost from like the outside and like asserting myself. So and the, and within that it's like the consistency that you need, the mental consistency that you need, trying to fight against the fatigue and trying to consistently make the right decisions, even when like you're going against people that are probably better than you and trying to find a way to get better than them. What is he doing? Yeah. Uh, by the way, our dog's here and he's just, he's just having a nap. I hear him moving. Yeah, I know. A bit of a jingle. He's just, he's just having a, he's just having a bit of a time. Um, yeah. Anyway, he'll wonder. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say for me, yeah. right. Like you're talking about the stereotypes and the pathways and yada, yada. Yeah. And like the, and like trying to like come into that and try and fight against that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would say mine was that I saw this pathway and in my head, that was the only way that you could go. Mm. So I really struggle with feeling like I'm boxed into doing a certain, like I have to do things a certain way, you know, like that, that feeling of like, if I don't do it this way, I'm going to just like, I'm going to disappear and no yeah. one's 
going to see the 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 development. No one's going to see. And like that challenge of like knowing that, that there's always different avenues to get to your goal, right? Because it's painted out to be this picture that like here's the professional athlete, mm. right? And here's how we get there. And it's yeah. like this straight line. And from a kid, you're like, well, to be and for us a noble mm. or a, a professional player, for you to be that, you have to follow this exact pathway. And yeah. for us, it, it's kind of like juniors, state teams, Oz teams, institute maybe maybe college yeah. then professional sport right mm. and it's so linear and like it's so dr- yes it's so drilled into us right mm. it's like it has to be that way and i think that's toxic as hell i think yeah. that is toxic because not everyone is financially able to mm-hmm. follow those steps super expensive. not everyone is in socioeconomic areas to where they have access to those no, steps or even transport to get no. to those spots like. and then for also like not everyone is happy mm. just following one pathway that is so linear mm-hmm. like there should be space for us to get here yeah. we're gonna have to take a couple steps back every now and then we're gonna yeah. have to take a detour this way but if you if you want to be this, if that's what mm. you want to be, you can do that without any sort of constraint of following a specific pathway. And, I mean, I know you also find this now when mm. we, we train young kids sometimes mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, you know, I just feel like I'm going to miss out because I'm in the twos and not the ones. Oh, or my God. I just feel like I'm going to miss out because I didn't get invited to state trials. That stuff shouldn't matter, right? Because as a junior, it should all be about developing and, yeah. and experiencing, but it doesn't take away from, you know, in our 14s if you don't make a state team in under 14s that doesn't mean by the time you're 25 you're not going to be a professional athlete under 14s how old are you like 12 and 13 like but but aren't you made to feel like that yeah and think about when people actually develop as well yeah you're gonna tell me that you can tell from under like a 12 year old that they're gonna be an amazing 26 year old like think about all of their life experiences that they're gonna take on and i think we miss so much talent I say we, talking about the Australian system, by the yeah. way, um, I think we miss so much talent because mm. we, when we identify it, it's from such a small pool of yeah. talent. It's from such a small area of of what, what we choose from. And I just think that we miss so many people. So I digress. When There's I'm so- talking about challenges, I, I that would be not my biggest, but that is something that I would like to say that I'm working towards, mm. um, maybe highlighting yeah. and talking about um, – and then, you know, there's some more obvious things. And when, when I want to ask you about struggles in your professional yeah. life now. Can I say one more thing? Like, okay, go. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Is, and especially since working with juniors that you and I both are, it's like one of the hardest barriers that I see is like the personalities of, or I guess the approaches of coaches that don't understand the impact that they can have to a child's or a, co- or a player's um, career. Yeah. Like coaches don't know the impact that they have by not choosing a kid because they don't like them. Yeah. Or like they don't like their personality or something. That doesn't change their skill or anything. And mm-hmm. because they don't like them, they're going to not pick them for a good team. And that's going to like have a ripple effect yeah. potentially. Yeah. So that's also a big thing. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Welcome to the Marina Whittle show. Hello. <laughs> Um, okay, so as a junior versus a professional athlete, mm. um, what do you still struggle with now being a professional athlete that um, you don't feel like is an either enough talked about or um, is something that you're looking to kind of bring to light more in the professional space? 
Oh, the great question. Great question. <laughs> Wish I had time to think about it. Um, no, when I think of things that I'm trying to bring to light and things that I always aspire to bring attention to in situations that I'm in as a professional, it would be um, like mental health, obviously, mm-hmm. but also just, uh, what is the word, celebrating people for their individualism, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that as a professional and it makes sense and as female athletes, like we are boxed in a lot. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we're expected to behave a certain way. And I think even within team environments and stuff, you're expected to behave a certain way. I think that there's still so much room to celebrate people for who they are. And, you know, it's incredible because we just had the Adelaide Lightning Pride round this last year and we're having rounds which are dedicated to supporting individuals, you know, or communities, you know. I just think that there's so much more room within the professional environment to maybe be a bit silly. (laughs) Be a bit honest. <laughs> Celebrate individuality. Yeah, and not yeah. have to, um, what is it, like put rose-coloured glasses on things, you know, because people do struggle. People, yeah. like, go through daily issues. Sometimes people go through financial issues, mental health issues, you name it. You yeah. Know? Even, like, struggling to know who they are as person uh, as their own person, yeah. you know. But can I ask yeah. Do you feel like you're, in your career you, you've been able or been in situations where you've been celebrated as an individual or accepted as an individual and allowed space to grow there or mm. what? It, what is, what's your take on that? Yeah, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well because I think that this is, I mean, I'm a funny character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy just to like stay in, stay in my lane, which is not, I don't think it's the norm. You know, we talk about pathways. My pathway was so different to a few other people's and I've, been in situations where I have been celebrated and I've been accepted and then I've also been in situations where I have not been accepted or I've had to maybe bend a certain way to make other people feel uh, feel comfortable and I hate that yeah <laughs> I hate it with a passion like as long as you're not rude or like disrespectful or just outrageous mm-hmm. I think that there should be room for all people like regardless you know just be a nice person be a good egg yeah. Support. Support. Love. Yeah. Love is love. Um, what about you? Well, this is kind of like a hard question for me, right, because as an individual I'm still trying to figure out who I am mm. and I think there's this perception that um, as professional athletes we already know who we are. Like mm. it's like you're a professional athlete. Like you, you're you've got there. It, you're there. You've got it together. I don't have it together and no. I don't know who I am and mm. I'm still trying to figure that out. Mm. I think that this, this idea of having your stuff together is kind of harmful, right, because it doesn't give us a lot of space to grow mm. um, when we're expected to be a certain way already it doesn't give us the areas to or like the the resources to kind of change who we are and grow and experience different parts of ourselves. and we've spoken about this a lot where I I'm personally I feel like I'm in the process of trying to figure out a lot of things about me you know my Mm. why my why of why I do what I do but who I am is such a big piece of that like mm. who you know it's it's the why you wake up and do what you do every day but it's yeah. also like who are you doing it for and who are you when you mm. look in the mirror every morning it's like What's who <laughs> who are you who are you like who <laughs> who is this it? person that you're looking back at and I yeah. think that the growth side of that mm. um to celebrate myself as an individual, I feel like first I need to figure out who that is. Mm. And I'm, I'm pretty open with this, everything that I talk about. Like, you know, I, I have clinical depression. I suffer with anxiety. Mm. I have a panic disorder. 
Um, and I still struggle with those things every day. I'm medicated for two other two out of those three things, yeah. and um, it it affects like every single part of my life. Mm. You know, I people don't they don't realize that you know a simple task, right? Actually, this is a really good one. A simple task like putting the salt away after you use oh. it for dinner. Oh, <laughs> a simple task like that is all like remembering to respond to an email yeah, or picking up the phone when you or calling someone back. Yeah. That can be incredibly difficult for <clears throat> someone that is medicated for um, general anxiety disorder, mm. uh, clinical depression and mm. um, someone with a panic disorder because some of those side effects include like memory loss. Yeah. Um, inability to like uh what is it called when you what you lose balance mm-hmm. sometimes i'm not allowed to be behind a motor vehicle yeah um there's a lot of things that people don't realize that you know i struggle with every day so when people you know some of the questions that we have here about like oh you know you're you know you're my idol like when people say that they look Keep up on. to me i'm like yeah but i still don't know who i am so yeah. what, what are you looking up to like mm. who is me mm. um so that's my long-winded answer yeah. for that one but even some of that stuff like it took me a while to understand what that looked like in you like yeah. so when i laughed right it's so funny i only <laughs> had <laughs> for the longest time and i didn't understand she had the habit of she squeezes um containers so when she pours out the almond milk in her coffee she squeezes it dry (laughs) leaves the lid off and then places it on the counter and then I'll come in like 30 minutes later or an hour later and I'll be like babe you didn't put it away again (laughs) genuinely I just forget like it's um and it took me so it took us so long to like have that conversation because I was I just mistook it as you just being being lazy yeah and I was like oh my god is that not like another that's another actually this is a long one stereotype um that I'd like to go down because people that struggle with whatever mental health issue Mm. it is or that's currently going through it there's a perception of laziness Mm -hmm. and there's a perception of perception of not doing enough and like I promise you I am the hardest working person in the room at any time. I work so hard and I'm not lazy, but there are times where people would look at me and be like, oh, she just forgets to do this because she doesn't care. You know how hard, how, how tired I get just trying to remember to do stuff every day is so hard. Well, not only physically working so hard, you're also mentally working so hard and emotionally as well just to stay stable. And I'm undiagnosed. I haven't been diagnosed. However, I still experience like severe bouts of depression. And I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I feel super blue sometimes. And even at the moment after seasons, I go through these little low lapses where it looks lazy. It yep. looks lazy, but internally my mind is so loud and I'm like screaming. And you've even seen it. Yeah. Like I'm just not in like <laughs> – it's so funny when season finishes. It's like we have so many options. It's almost too many and it's like keep it simple. Yeah. Please. You know, actually this is this is perfect because I want to ask you about like we in season we operate at such a high level, right? Yeah, constantly. All the time. Go, go, go. Mm-hmm. You're always on. Season finishes. Yep. Postseason blues. Mm-hmm. Is real. What what does that look like? You kind of touched on it in a little bit, but what does that look like for you personally? That postseason, maybe it's blues or maybe it's like just processing. Postseason yeah. processing. PP. Postseason processing. Postseason processing. 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 How do you process a a environment like that? A situation, whatever, whether it's NBL one, WNBL, whatever. How do you, after an experience, process that? I mean, like this, this postseason is big because I jumped from 
Uh, went to Com Games, jumped to NBL One. We went deep into the postseason. We won. Marina um, was the NBL One Grand Final MVP. That's what we what? what? Yeah. Um, but then I jumped straight from that into WNBL, and so this is like really the first time in a long time I felt like I've had the time to really process a lot. And because of that, I don't think I did a very good job throughout the season of like breaking everything down and compressing it and understanding it and all the good stuff that I normally do. Um, but postseason for me, it's a bit chaotic personally because you've seen me. I'm a very structured person. I have a calendar at home and I have to have everything organized. So the idea of not having anything on for a week is good for me because it gives me an opportunity to just kind of sit and be in it and do all the positive mental health things like go for walks, be around the dog, be around my partner and do all those great things. But processing is like for me, I just need to sit still mm. and like feel like that's okay. Yeah. And I mean, we worked out yesterday and we did a bit of a session yesterday, but today has been one of those slow days that I really needed after yeah. the season. Um, and yeah. Do you think as athletes we're given enough time or just not even time, just the, the, oh, maybe, I don't know. I know. I feel like this a que- question applies to all, right? Mm. Do you think as athletes we're given permission to sit mm. still? I think it goes back to before when you're like the stereotypes and being like pigeonholed and like yeah. you're not doing anything, we're lazy. Yeah. I don't think like, – and I also think that being athletes, like we are performers, like yeah. entertainers, unfortunately. And when you – Or sit, fortunately, however you want to look fortunately, at it. Fortunately, <laughs> I, I freaking love it, to be honest. Yeah. But like I think it is a bit tough because we're always on show. Yeah. And like obviously what we're talking about is trying to change that perspective and like being able to have room to make mistakes and make – like judgment calls and change and adapt, adapt, mm-hmm. adapt. Um, but no, I wouldn't think that there's much room for us. I think the landscape is changing for sure with mm-hmm. stuff like this that's taking place and people are starting to understand that there's more to us. But do I think that there's like a crazy amount of room for movement for us to make mistakes, perhaps not be our best at times? No, not at the moment. Yeah. And not in, I don't think in the WNBL or in women's sports. Yeah. Perfect, because I am about to ask you about mistakes and failures. Oh, so, yeah. I love this. So when you think of being allowed to mm. make mistakes or how you view a mistake or a failure, mm-hmm. A, how do you process the fact that you've, um, from the from the traditional sense, failed at something? Yeah. And what is a failure for you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, for people that can't see, I'm quotation micing the mic. Um, what is a failure? Like what, what, how would you define that for you? Or do you not see that as something that you would even use in your, I don't know, term book? Yeah. <laughs> your dictionary. <laughs> My dictionary. Yeah. Well, um, no, if we talk about failures, I don't think that unless it's making a team or – losing like a gold medal match or losing a game to make the gold medal match or like a finite something that's completely measurable, like something like that serious. Mm -hmm. I just don't really see failures. I don't know. I just see mistakes and rooms for improvement. Like because there's always a reason, right? Like for me when I look back at my season, making mistakes in the last, like in the last one game, Melbourne Boomers had a turnaround jump shot, could have won us the game, Saw Steph Talbot cutting and instead of shooting, I thought she had an easier shot, so I kicked it to her. She didn't expect it. Ball goes out of bounds. Melbourne Boomers ball and we went into overtime and lost, right? 
But I still don't see that as a failure. I see it as a simple mistake. And like, so next time, what I'm going to do better is shoot my damn shot. Yeah. And like, just like trust myself a little bit more. And yeah, I don't really see, there's one failure in mine that does ring true, which is where I had like an awesome camp and I got the call to say that I didn't make the team for a 383 when I was back in the Knox house. Yeah. Yeah. Really tough day that day. But besides that, I just see everything as a room, room for improvement. So this is a great segue for me to answer this question mm. because you'll see the clear difference between someone that um, is mentally able to um, kind of separate themselves from actions Yeah. Uh, because for me personally I struggle with failure, mm. right, and I believe that a lot of the things that I do, it's like, oh, I failed. Like, yeah. and this, this concept is super, super overwhelming. Mistakes for me, overwhelming. Yep. And they, for you, were an action, right? Mm. For me they're me. So yeah. when I make a mistake, the mistake is me. It's like a personality. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's like, it's like something that, and that is, you know, that's stuff to do with my mental health issues and stuff that I'm constantly working on, mm. by the way, um, which I would like to, I would like to bookmark and get back to. But the, when I, for example, if I'm going up to take a game winning shot and I've missed, it's not, oh, I've made a mistake. And I'll do better next time. It's like I have failed myself and everyone around me <laughs> and the world is literally ending. And it takes me <laughs> I'm so a snail. literally, <laughs> it takes me so long to mentally separate myself from the mistake. And that's mm. something I try to do after games now if I feel like I haven't performed. Mm. Um, especially this season. If I feel like I haven't performed, I, I take a really long time to then retrain my brain to be like, okay, I didn't perform this this task, this yeah. act, but me as a human, Annalie, mm. isn't a failure. Mm. And that's something I'm, I'm working on trying to separate. Mm. And it's really, really hard. Things like journaling definitely help or yeah. like, you know, words of affirmation to yourself, like actually forcing myself to go and look at myself in the mirror and be like, you are yeah. okay. Yeah. And those things actually really, really help. Mm. Um, but like, it's cool to, for me to like compare the language that we use, right? Yeah. Cause I'm working on using the language that you just did. Mm. Um, but I'm so attached to my perceived failures mm -hmm. that I let them affect my version of what has actually happened. And, oh. you know, for a lot of people, basketball is, and sport in general, I guess, is, you know, a big part of that, their identity, but they can also see themselves as a person outside of. And mm. that's part of why I love doing what I do on this show is because I get to talk to some amazing people about what they experience and what happens under the surface. Um, under the surface. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just think that, you know, that's something that I'm definitely working on. And I would like to go down a little tangent here. Um, I had the question asked of me recently mm -hmm. um, by a family member saying, well, you've been struggling with, um, you know, depression and anxiety mm. and stuff for a really long time now. Well, you know, is it, is it ever going to end? Are you, oh. ever, are you ever going to get better? Oh. And that's a really hard question, it's you know, like super serious, super serious. Yeah. Right. So like, I've, that's something I've been struggling with. Am I going to get better? Mm. The, the, the That's the goal. But that, yeah. But is that the goal though? Like the idea is to, for me actually, just like to be able to yeah. like handle every, every yeah. day. Right. So, so for me, the, the goal mm. is actually learning how to live with it. Yeah not to like tackle mm. this this thing that is like it's not something that I want to like just squish down. It's yeah. something I want to grow with. It's not a it's, box to tick. No, it's a part of me. Yeah. It's a part of me and, you know, part of what makes me 
um, so empathetic is mm. also the thing that hurts me the most. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like I care Being so much softy. about other people that it hurts me. Yeah. And I think that. I think that the idea of like, oh, it's been happening for ages. Most people go through this stuff for years. And some don't, people don't even get medicated no or pe- even diagnosed. Or or even reach out for help. Don't even know how. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that, you know, it's it's this beautiful thing that I'm able to do to mm. talk about this stuff. Mm. But for whatever reason, recently some people in my life have been questioning, oh, is is that a sense of your identity now? Mm. No. Can I just say, no, it is not a part. I don't identify as someone with depression. That's, I don't, yeah. that's not like, hi, I'm Annalie Maley. <laughs> hey, how are you? I am sad. I'm not okay. Like, what? Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a thing. How are you going? Yeah, like, it's not a thing. And I would, you know, I would like to encourage people when they're talking to friends and family members and um, they're trying to check in on their mates and trying mm. to do all these things, never bring up a timeline. Because we're doing the best we can, okay? Like we are doing – and even if we're not doing the best we can, we're doing. We wake up every day and that's enough sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, The pressure to like always – like and I am – personally, I'm always working on it. I am always working on it. But also I I don't have to. Yeah. I can also just be. If you don't want to one day, that's okay. That's okay. Like that's so so valid, you know, because this is your experience. How long are you going to be struggling for? Long as I need, as long as I, and, but also like I don't know, mm. I don't know that that's a that's a looming dooming question. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. and it doesn't take away from anything that I do. It doesn't make me any less of an mm. athlete. Mm-mm. It doesn't make me any less of a person. Um, and I had to then have this conversation with said family member after saying like, look, I know what you were trying to say. Mm. It's so funny because I'm trying to figure out who in the family which it was. Which family member? Well, yeah. was um, I know what they were trying to say, but I hope, you know, for people listening, if you have a friend, daughter, partner, son. Know someone. Know someone who is going through, you know, anything. Any step. Anything at all. Any step. Any, any is just going through something. Mm. Don't ask them how long they're going to be going through yeah. it through it because this feels like a long time i can't yeah. remember the last time i haven't felt like this mm-hmm. it already feels like an eternity mm. don't put another timeline on it don't put an don't put the pressure on yourself yeah. to be like i need to be better but january 5th like <laughs> what that's not december i'm gonna be like that's not i just encourage you to yeah. and then from from myself put take the pressure off mm. of like you need to get better no. all the time. You don't like that's you need not to be okay. Thing. You need to be okay. You need to be okay. Like we need to make sure that we're okay right now. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's take care of our like current state of being, and yes. then like we'll build on there. And that's when it's like okay, as long as I'm safe and I'm alright and I'm not in a panic state. But if I am, how do I fix it? How does somebody help me? But then also. Like then we can add on layers and like go through like the diagnosis stage, the yeah. therapy stage, all those extra things. So many barriers to get there. Though. Yeah, exactly. But as someone who's not diagnosed, I think that was a hard thing. That was a thing that I had to educate myself on as well. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to anything that's so different or that's different that, I, that I'm not currently going through, it's so important to approach it with an open mind. And yeah. From an educational standpoint, you know, like yeah. to learn, be more curious. But it's important to also recognize and correct me but I feel like when it comes to medication or diagnoses or whatever it's not something that you can fix and it's like you know you have to go through that like not roller coaster but you have to go through those dips and troughs and yes lifts to like find out what actually works for you yeah and then 
if you can see my hand going up and down, yeah, I'm stabilizing. But then even once you're stable, like your brain, your chemicals, whatever it is, your hormones, yeah. it can throw it off again. Yeah, so I, it's just like a nonstop. I would like vibe. to interject. Sorry, this is perfect. Mm. Don't try and fix me. Oh. I don't need to be fixed. Back I, up. <laughs> back up. I am fixed. I am. I, I don't. I'm not broken. Yeah. I don't need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with something, but I'm a powerful person. Yeah. I'm a powerful, motivated, cool human. I'm a cool guy, you know. Like, You're a cool chica. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> oh you know? yeah. Um, also, I, I'm really sorry to interject I'm, with this just when keep I'm on going. Down I know. I know. This is what you there get. There is this. There is this meme that my friends um, brought up to my attention the other day, and it's like a mushroom <laughs> and, a, and a lady talking. What? And then she's like, "I just wanted to meet this fun guy," and he's like, "I am a fun guy." I'm fungi. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like spelt fungi, but like I am a fun guy. Um, so that's what so just went through say. my head just yeah. then. Sorry, we just made it a bit silly. Um, I would. <laughs> Moving on. About mental health, though. No, super no, important. No, no. Don't Moving, try and fix people. Don't try and fix people. Yeah. There's like, don't do it. Be there yeah. for people, but never make someone feel like they're broken and need to be fixed. No. You're perfect the way you are. Make you sure are perfect okay. the way you are. You don't need to be fixed. Yeah. And also, I'm saying this not just to everyone. I'm saying this to myself. This is like me. Mm. This is a mantra. I'm saying, you are you. You don't need to be fixed. Mm. You are not broken. You are healing. Yeah. You do not need to be put back together. Mm. You need to grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's this beautiful, like, um, what do you call it, example in um, Japanese culture that when they break a vase, um, they fill the cracks with gold. With gold. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I am am filling my divots with gold and I am making myself a better version of myself. And that doesn't mean that I don't accept the version of where I am now. It just means that I'm accepting mm. the cracks and I am embracing them and I'm mm. filling them with gold, baby. Amazing. Filling well, them with gold. That's why I've got Hercules and Hydra on my arm as a tattoo. Hercules is supposed to be myself super strong, but Hydra represents like being cut down and then growing and coming back stronger, Yeah, right? Like they cut off one head and then two grow back. Yeah. I was like, good luck trying to fix that. Yeah, yeah good <laughs> like, luck. I'm coming back stronger, baby. Not one snake. Baby. Two, baby. Bang, bang. <laughs> okay, all right. Golden I want to move snakes. on to Sorry, guys. International Women's Day because it was International Women's Day on Wednesday. So I yep. just want to talk a little bit about um, power. Powerful women. Yep. Um, I want to know. May we be them. May we grow them. May we know them. Is that was that? That's I a good think slogan. So. That's nice. Yeah, it's good. it might be what, the one. That is. Is that the slogan? What is may that? May we from? be them. May we know them. Maybe. Definitely not. Grow may we. Them. Ra- may we raise them. Raise them. Raise them. Yeah. Be them. Know them. Yep. What is that off? We'll look it up. Yeah. We'll add it to the click notes below. Yeah, click notes. <laughs> we'll add it to the bio. Um, so, so yes, International yep. Women's Day. Um, obviously. Being a female athlete, we have to talk about equality in sport, but Mm -hmm. also just being a female in general. Is there anything that comes to mind when I speak of International Women's Day? Oh, my God. I love women. (laughs) I think we're so powerful. I don't know. That's it. I just think we're so powerful. We're like people underestimate us constantly. And it's so frustrating how when you think of uh, like coming to the table and like, women being in a boardroom or in a circle of men or even in sports specifically. It's like female athletes or female basketballers being around NBL guys or NBA guys. It's like constantly having to yeah, prove ourselves. We've got the quote. Like, yeah, okay, what is it? Here's to strong women. May we know them. May we be them. May we raise them. Good. Point blank, period. We knew, we knew, we knew. It's ingrained That's in our brain. brain. Yeah, I really nah. like that. I really like that. I think for me, International Women's Day is just recognizing mm. um, the fact that, like, as a woman, we have to 
we we deal with a lot of crap. Yeah. We deal with a lot of crap. But then also like like <sighs> what you said, we're constantly underestimated and yeah. undervalued. Yeah. And I just think that the International Women's Day is like here's to recognizing all the powerful people that came before us. Oh my God. All the powerful women. Mm. And that's not just um, so I'm being very clear here. When I speak of women, I'm talking speaking of not just cisgender women i'm also speaking of you know people who identify yeah. as females people who don't identify as females they people, them. you know they them non-binary finery you know like mm. it is that the the when i think of women i'm i'm really extending that past the boundaries people. of gender mm. um but i just think that we really need to recognize that we wouldn't be able to be sitting here mm. talking if there hadn't been, you know, the people to take the first steps in the professional world, in the media world, in the sporting world yeah. that have paved that pathway for us. And, mm. heck, I'd like to be that for the next person. Yeah. Like, and I think for me that just empowers me to to be that for the younger version of myself. Mm-hmm. And Oh, my God, my yeah. baby. Yeah. My baby Marina. <laughs> baby Marina. Oh, she could see me now. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that a crazy thing, right? Because, you know, I was speaking to you about this the other day. Like, um, little me would be so proud. Oh, my God. Little right? me. And I actually had a bit – I had tears about yeah. this. Little me would be so proud. Mm. And I just finished a season where I, I, I wasn't super happy with the way I played, the way mm-hmm. I performed. But I had to take a step back and be like – Yo, little me would be so proud of myself. Yeah. Like little me sitting in the stands of like a big V game in Eltham yep. would would have absolutely crapped her pants if Lost she heard of some of the things that I'm doing now. Just in this last year alone. Yeah. As well. Like not and I'm not talking just basketball. I'm talking about like the fact that I'm able to like sit and have conversations with people and look mm. them in the eye. Like little right. me would be like, yes, golf queen. Like, yeah. you know, like I don't know. I just think it's a super amazing thing to be able to recognize that, mm. right? For absolutely. you, what would little Marina be most proud of oh you know it's a great question right yeah because I think about like who I was when I was younger and I was this weird character and I was this little athletic just a bit funky in spaces like social groups and stuff but I think that younger Marina would be so proud of like the strong empowered woman that I am who's seeking education who's seeking social relationships who's seeking entrepreneurship who's seeking to be the best physical version of herself for so long I thought that having muscles was ugly and like it was masculine it was disgusting to be masculine and such an ugly ugly thought process yeah and like when we're younger um like I'm I'm 29 this year. Yeah. Ooh, I hate to say, but it's beautiful and I love it. Chasing the th- th- 30. Chasing it, baby. Chasing 30. I'm coming up to ya. <laughs> but like even 20 years ago, like the whole attitude towards femininity and um, female bodies was so different to what it is now, even to what it was five years ago. Yeah. And I think growing up, like young Marina would be so impressed that I'm able to stand here in this strong female body and I can represent myself in any way that I choose to. And I yeah. am confident. I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm a hottie. She's a confident. <laughs> she's, a, she's a confident gal. I, no, I really like myself. Yeah. On days that I don't, I'm super aware of it. But yeah. Like, yeah. I actually, I'd like to just take a moment to talk about femininity real quick Love. because femininity is more than just being, you know, like actually, let's talk about the stereotype of that. Let's being go. dainty. Being yep. a pretty little, pretty girls. you know, quiet, girls, girls. feminine, you know, femininity is powerful. Mm. Femininity is strong. Yep. Femininity is speaking your mind. Passion. Femininity is 
passion. Mm. It is being true to yourself, being mm. who you are. It is loving with your whole entire soul. Yep. It is to be loved. It is to give love. Go off. It is, it is just so much more than this traditional sense of um, just sit there and shush and look Sit cute. there, shut up, look pretty. No, and I also think that femininity and masculinity can coexist in a place where mm. they complement each other and are seen in the same gender. So, like, yeah. masculinity doesn't mean man nope. and femininity doesn't mean female. Mm-mm. You can embrace what those two things mean mm-hmm. and still be a woman. Yeah. Like, I can I can hold. Or identify as a woman. Yeah, or, or identify as a woman. You, I can hold um parts of myself that i identify as masculine and mm-hmm. i'm not talking about body features by the way when i talk about masculinity i'm not talking about like you know the traditional oh i look strong masculinity is like strength in will it is softness mm. to me masculine is to be soft and understanding mm. like that when i talk about embracing that side of myself i'm definitely not talking about the shape of my body yeah i'm talking about the features of masculinity that lie beyond the surface for some reason, as you're talking, I think the femininity is like the power of women to be heard in a room full of men. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful and so strong. Yeah. And like masculine masculinity, we're trying to change it from toxic masculinity to just understand that men can have feelings to yeah. talk about feelings. And I yeah. love, love the landscape that we're going yeah. into. But femininity is like I'm thinking of a woman or someone that identifies as female standing in a room of large men different than her, different than them, and being able to get their point across, being able to speak without stuttering, being able to stand with confidence. Yeah. And, like, that's where I freaking hope that we can get to as a society where everyone's just heard. Agreed. Agreed. I love that. I love femininity. Um, I thought you were going to shake my hand. (laughs) Shake my hand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We love it. I love it. Yeah. Go go females. Go gals. (laughs) Go gals. Um, Go days. So I'm going to move on from that. Um, how do you think, Marina, mm. and I will I answer this question as yes. well, how do you think people see you versus who you actually are? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> I think that my tattoos make me seem super intimidating and super serious and I think that the way that I play on the basketball court is passionate and strong and I'm very physical and I yell a lot and I'm very animated and I think that people find me potentially intimidating, like generally I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Asking the room. Where you yeah. stand. <laughs> <laughs> when Marina walked in today, were you shaking in your boots? Oh. <laughs> they heard me. The ground kind yeah. of rumbled. Yeah. As a boom. <laughs> the lights went dark. Yeah, I said, here I am, Undertaker. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, but who I am, no, I, and I think it's so far from who I actually am. Like, I can be intimidating. I can, I can be confident, as can all of us. But I'm actually a massive softie. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Like that's I'm a big softy, and I love to learn. I love to ask questions, and I love to put people first. And yeah, I'm just a general softy. I actually had to stop working as a support worker for a little bit because it just oh, it hurt my heart. This is actually a true fact. So, so Marina painful. was a support worker for a while, and mm. it she was such an empath in that situation that she had to stop her job because she would carry it home with her. Yeah, and I had to like take. I was working a lot. Yeah. This is during COVID Just as well. to be there for people. Yeah, and, like, that was my job. And, um, yeah, and I had to, like, limit some of my shifts because I, like, was aware of the impact that it was having yeah. to, like, our daily life. Yeah. Big like, softy. Yeah. Yep. You want to ask me I think a question? I'm cute. What do you think people see? Well, before the podcast <laughs> wait, as well. Wait, wait, wait. Here, ask that. <laughs> <laughs> 
The one the I just asked one? you. The one I just asked you. How do you think people see you versus who you actually are? I like that with a soft tone voice too. Yeah. How do you think people when see you? When I worked you? on phones, it was problematic. Said, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? Marina as a, a tech caller. <laughs> Hello. Okay, sorry. Hey, let me let me answer what the question. Um, Anneli, how, how do, do I think? think people see me? Yeah. I am actually working really hard to bridge the gap of mm. how people see me and who I am. Because mm-hmm. I think I fall into a trap of when I feel uncomfortable, I get more bubbly mm-hmm. and I give more mm. and I I talk more and I try and make everyone else around me comfortable. And I think what I'm learning is more and more I can't pour from an empty cup, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to get to the point where I'm so open and honest that – what you see is also who you are. Yeah. Who I am. Mm-hmm. What you see is who I am. And I, I think I'm doing I think I'm doing better at letting people in more. And I think by having these conversations and using my, you know, my media platform to actually have these conversations that when people see me, they don't just see an athlete or an athlete that is laughing all the time mm-hmm. and smiling because you know sometimes you know they say that sometimes the people that are struggling the most the are, loudest in the, are the loudest in the room mm-hmm. and I fall into that category mm-hmm. I really do and what I am working towards is making what people see is who I am and being okay with not always being this perfect version that I expect of myself yeah um as my my friend has been using this word recently, a shtick. <laughs> shtick. That's my shtick. That's your thing. That's my shtick. That's I think, your thing. I think that I, my shtick is trying to minimize the gap of who I am mm. perceived as and mm. who I actually am. And that doesn't mean that I have to tell everyone everything all the time. Mm. I think it it just means that I need to be more transparent in order to help break down the barriers mm. of some of the things that I had to go to through. It's like, it's like honesty and vulnerability as yes. well. Like you need to kind of like harbour that. And it's like so hard as well to s- allow for silence. Yeah. I really struggle sitting in silence sometimes, yeah. like saying my piece. Is that your shtick? My shtick. <laughs> your shtick. <laughs> my thing. <laughs> my thing is like a feeling the need to have to fill in the silence. Yeah. And I think that's a really tough thing to come to terms with and like you truly have to work on yourself to be confident enough to be like, no. Nah, Someone else break it. Yeah, (laughs) true. Actually, I'm good. That's so true. Okay, so from here, we have a bunch of questions that were sent in, and I'm just going to ask you. I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, Some of them we've actually already covered. Yeah. So, um, Beyonce, hit me, hit me. Um, So this is a good one. (laughs) Um, Which. AFLW team is Marina Whittle going to be recruited by? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My DMs are open. Please email me. Marina, are you open to playing AFLW? Yeah, I actually am. I think that it would suit the style of basketball that I play. And, like, I think I'm looking forward to maybe going, maybe exploring that if people are open to having me. Would you be open to it? I feel like you'd be freaking awesome. I would love to eventually. Yeah. I... I don't believe I have the skill level naturally with like a ball 
to be able to do that. Like you, senior Mar- Marina is an unbelievable just sports player. Like anything, it just happens naturally for her. So like when we've gone and kicked to the footy, my brother plays VFL um, and we've gone and kicked to footy with him. Mm. Marina just gets it. Like it just works. Like I try and kick it straight and it goes behind me. Yeah. You know, like I. It's the length I, of your legs. They're too yeah, long. Yeah. My legs are too Your long. arms, well. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's You're too, too tall. But I'd love to eventually, but I also, I, I'm so aware of my lack of skill in that area. Mm. Um, but I've seen you. I completely believe that you could do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't just jump into it, obviously. They're super skilled athletes. Yeah. So I'd love to have a go. This is, this is, this is a good one. Who's your favorite, Loki or Annalee? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. He's under the table right now having a nap. No, it's, no, I can't answer that. You can't. I love, I love you. You're great. The dog, the dogs, the dog. He's... I can't actually communicate with him though. So I it's really know. hard to tell the dog how much I love him. I don't know. I feel he's like a baby. Everyone knows he's the favorite. I Is know he your favorite. Obviously. What do you mean? <laughs> I actually, I'm sitting right here. I got him to like replace oh. Marina when she went away. Problem. Um, I said <laughs> she came back and there was a dog and she's like, "What the hell, man? Like I've been mm. replaced." Yeah, I loved him as a puppy. I missed his like pure puppy stage. Yeah. Uh, and so when I got to him, he was just that awkward size. And I was like, babe, are you replacing me with a dog? Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. I actually love him so um, much. Favorite things to do on off days? Eat. Eat so much food. <laughs> <laughs> I love Because on on days, we don't put don't, food in our mouth. I don't eat on on days. No. <laughs> no, I love to get out into nature. And like whether that's obviously in Adelaide, it's great because we've got beaches and we also had the hills and we had like Mount Lofty a few times. Um, so I love doing that and love it like experiencing new things which is a big thing yeah and then um eating food and i'm a reader gal so i love to read books yeah i've recently gotten Marina into reading i'm a f- okay that was a months ago i'm <laughs> actually my own reader at this point thank you um come into the books we're both fantasy what readers. do you like to do um on my off days mm. um we haven't had a lot of off days this year oh, but yeah. um for me, it's just, you know, doing the things that center myself. Usually I would actually say that I do art and that's mm. something that lots of people know, but I haven't had a studio space this year and that's been really hard actually not mm. being able to do that. Um, but I read a lot. I spend t- so much time with my dog um, and um, I, I've been really into music lately. I've been listening yeah. to a lot of music. I've run into some really cool people recently who have really opened up my my music space. The library the is library open. of music. Um, so I've been pretty blessed it, just in the last couple of weeks that I've met some people that have really um, mm. opened my eyes in that space. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, but I would say that like, so this is my first year of being like a true professional athlete. Like mm. I, this is my first year not working. Mm. Um, I've always had a job and this is my first season not working mm. and I found it really hard to get home from practice and not feel like I have to go to work oh my god isn't it yeah. weird yeah because like as if that's something that's ingrained in us mm. that like I've had to do for four out of my five years playing now mm. I've always worked mm. um so it's weird when I get home to be like oh you can um take the dog for a walk instead stop. of like you can you have to go study or you mm. have to go do this or blah, 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 you know oh I'm actually the opposite so I've been trying to be professional full-time for most of my WNBL career and I only started studying this last year and when I'd finished studying we had like three or four weeks and being comfortable sitting still after practice and not feeling like I had to go study or do something or like stay productive was quite hard yeah so um this is a question I think for myself mm-hmm. what is your hair care routine <laughs> 
I have long hair. Your hair always looks amazing, hair. even during sports. And no one understands how you play with a long pony. Yeah, like, she's I have lo- mad crazy. I hair. have really long hair. Um, my <laughs> for anyone that can't see on the screen, she's got long hair. I got long right? hair, guys. Um, it's actually, it, the fun it's thing crazy. it's getting to the point where it's so long that like it gets caught. And I'll mm. give it an example. Looking at you, camera. Oh crap! I I get it gets caught under my armpit mm. when I'm playing, and sometimes it pulls back yes. my head, and I genuinely turn around yeah. thinking there's someone behind me yeah. and go like, "Oi!" And then what I'm like, are you doing? What are you? Oh, it's just me. Yeah, you know, like it's, I'll be like, no. <laughs> it's so long that when she cuts it, she's like, "Babe, did you see? Did you not notice?" And I was like, "What do you mean? <laughs> it's still down to your stomach." Or like even when like and when like it's super sweaty games or whatever. Sometimes I'm in the middle of a layup, and I will actually send in a photo that you yep. can use for this it will be across my whole entire face <laughs> yeah it will be across my whole entire yep. face and this is the level of um superstitious i am by the way is that i have played every single game of my career in a ponytail and one time i wore it in a bun and i played terribly and i can never do it again you can't i can't it, it would just it's bad juju mm. it's bad juju mm. so the ponytail it's staying and mm. it's never going anywhere and my hair care routine that's a long list i use that's, a lot of <laughs> <laughs> how much time we got yeah i use a lot of castor oil Oil, yeah. um, rosemary oil. Uh, Use the oil. The argan oil. Yeah. There's a lot of oils. Yeah. I had oil pool once a week. Yeah. Uh, you know. Takes her about an hour to get to just brush her hair. Yeah. yeah. I, I wash it once a week and sometimes just to like sit in the shower and brush it through. It takes oh. me like an hour. Anyway, okay. That's. Superstitions are real, by the way. I only came up with. People always ask about superstitions. There's a question here about superstitions. Oh. What are your superstitions? Well, I was going to say, I've never had them before, but this last year I've started to grow them. What are they? Uh, this is going to sound so disgusting. Mine but are- I wash. I wash every time. I've worn the same spandex since NBL, since NBL one finals. Yeah, yeah. Because I wore them in um, I wore them at Asia Cup. I wore them in Com Games, and then I wore them during like the NBL one final series and then national. Nice. Is it the red ones? Uh, no, the maroon ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, really yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Jersey. Yeah. I know which ones those are. Yeah. Um, At Jersey. I, my superstitions, mm. I am very superstitious. And I'm convinced that this is like an anxiety coping also mechanism. Routine. Yeah, very yeah. routine based. But also like, so here's one thing. Yeah. When I'm on a plane, <laughs> when I go to the bathroom on a plane, when I flush, I have to have my fingers and toes crossed. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what I actually don't know at what point in my life I started doing like, that. But why? I don't know. What do we? Well, I, what I, I, it, at one point I was so I think I was so scared of flying that I was like, like flashes. I was like, I promise God that if I have my fingers crossed, please nothing flush. will happen. Please go down. <laughs> May nobody's <laughs> experiences. No, I just didn't want the plane to crash. And at one point in my life, I was like, if yeah. I cross my fingers when I flush the toilet, the plane's not going to crash. Yeah. And I've never grown out of it. Wow, and it's never crashed. I've, yeah, yeah. So now, now that it's just... They correlate. Yeah, yeah, if okay. If you've ever been on Annalise flights, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the f- the finger-crossing, toe-crossing thing at the end of every national Which anthem. Toes? Which toes do you cross? My, is it the big ones or the, the little the ones? The big ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, the big ones. I have my big toes crossed and my fingers crossed yeah. during the national anthem of every game. Oh. I have my hands behind my back. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so when Pull up the pictures. Yeah, seriously, when you're, if you're ever, like, if the flag is behind our bench and we all have to turn, the other team is lo- looking at me with my fingers crossed behind my back. And they're like, what the, what the she hell doing? is she doing? What is that? Yeah. Um, and then another one, I think, I'm sure that this is a, common basketball one but when I step on the court I have to make my first shot and if I don't 
I miss my second one and make my third. During the game or like warm-ups? Or just like all of the above. As soon as you get there, as after you're ready, at any time, heading to the court, any point in time. As soon as, you as soon as on, I you step onto a basketball court. court, I have to make my first shot. Mm. And if I don't make my first, I intentionally miss my second to you're make crazy. my third. What if you don't make your third? Then I intentionally fifth. miss my more fourth to make my fifth. It's never scale. gotten that far. It's never gotten that far, but it's super strange. Yeah. I don't. Oh, and I have like a routine that I have to shoot from like I have to do form shooting like three I mean that's spots. that's normal I think I don't think flushing uh, like having your fingers crossed no, on a plane is that's not, weird it's weird it's as weird. hell man. it's different it's weird she is individual she's got a personality <laughs> she's, she's a crazy one that one that's fun um what are your the, the laptop died but I remember the next at least five yeah. questions what are your goals in the future moving forward Hmm. Outside of basketball, sorry. Outside of basketball. Outside of b-ball. Oh, well, we've talked about it all the time. I want to buy a house that we can, like, stay in at all times of the year, like have, like, a home base mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Um, I'd love to get my law degree and I would love to become a solicitor in the future and at least help people. And then, like, I don't know if I can talk about, like, the long-term goals. Like, I love basketball so much, but if we're not talking about basketball, I would love to at least help run a club Mm -hmm. because I love community engagement. I love building relationships with people, and I just see that it is underutilised at the moment. Hmm. Big word. I like it. What are your goals? Um, And I'd love to grow my hair longer and um, pick up a really good routine. (laughs) (laughs) I can maybe help you with that. Um, My goals, I would say – I have kind of I, – for the longest time I thought that I, after basketball I would want to work in like the design space but I want to do something creative and I love art and I love painting and whether mm. that's curating my own art or being a part of a world in which I can help and aid people to create or create a creative space for people everywhere. Mm. Um, that's kind of where I think and, you know, whether that's having a studio in my home, I will always want to have access to a creative space and be mm. able to create on the daily. That is my goal, yeah, I we, guess. We had such a cool studio space when we were staying together in Eltham and it was just this room and it was like we had a backdrop, yeah, like just like a sheet covering the wall because Annalie does these like lots of splatters and like sometimes I'll come in and she's just covered from head to toe. My favourite way to paint is with my hands. Yeah. So I'm using like my fingers and yeah. my palms to create texture. Insane. And like the stuff that you do, like the way that you get creative is like one time she just left it out, left her painting outside by accident and then drips fell because it started oh, this was the best. Night. This was the best. Yeah. yeah I, I did day. this really cool abstract yeah. painting and I left it outside to dry and it rained. It was your favourite piece. And I was like before I thought I loved it and then I went outside and I was like, no, yeah. it's been rained on and then I looked at it and I picked it up and I was like, ah, Picasso. <laughs> I like it. You know, like I was, I was really so into it. Um, I'll ask you one more question. Yeah. How do you bounce back after a quote unquote bad game? It's taken me a while to get there because uh, like obviously everyone when you're younger, you bad game is the end of the world and yeah. like the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to you but obviously like watching film and like just thinking about my approach to the game and I'm super methodical in that I feel like if I make a mistake all I need to do is like practice that mistake and make sure that like if it's a missed shot or something that I think was like led me into that or like bad shots or bad defense I just need to work extra hard at it that week yeah honestly just so I can feel better about myself in that specific situation yeah and also, like when I talked about before, like it's not a failure, it's a 
um, room for improvement. Yeah. It's if I've had a bad game, I just need to think about where where the problem lies, you know, and we talk about this all the time, like this is how I handle everyday life really is like where is the issue and where can I get better, where can I fix this? Yeah. And so when it comes to basketball, it's like, well, is it did I do enough forehand? Did I eat enough beforehand? Did I rest enough? Was I taking dumb shots? Was I not running back? Like all of those yeah. sort of easier ways rather than just thinking that one bad game is the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. What um, about you? I'm not there yet. Don't know. Mm. I'm I'm trying to figure that out. And I'm okay with saying I'm it's not tough. there yet. I don't know how to bounce back after tough situations yet. I'm just mm. not there. Um, I think as well. With, I'm working on it. Yeah, and it's not always just about like the performance aspect as well. Like sometimes yeah. it's like the mental side yeah, of it right? and like how do you really adjust like the mental approach to a game yeah we are gonna have to get you back on for another episode so how there long is, have we been a really long time because there are still so many more questions but we're gonna have to do a part God. two eventually it's all right I'm, I'm hosting now it's yeah me. it's, it's marina whittles under the surface at this point actually um but i just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on mm. and i hope that also like i know we spoke about um, for the people listening, I know we spoke about some pretty deep stuff, but it's super important to be open to having these conversations with the people in your life. Yeah. Create the space to have these conversations. Mm. If that's something that I can leave you with for this episode, create the space to have these types of conversations and encourage people to, you know, question things that don't feel right respectfully um so um thank you marina for joining us marina and loki who is under the table thank you so currently. much for having me loki is um, currently licking my leg yeah <laughs> so uh, uh this is annalee maley and that was under the surface wow that was under the surface if this episode brought up any concerns for you we recommend you call lifeline on 13 11 14